0: Hi, everyone, welcome back to the MedBullets Step 1 Podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of Hantavirus found under the Microbiology section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 36 year old man presents to an emergency room in Colorado for shortness of breath. He reports that he works as an exterminator and is often exposed to cockroaches, rodents, and mold. He reports having a flu-like cold a week ago with fevers, chills, muscle aches, and fatigue. A few days ago, he started having a nonproductive cough and shortness of breath, even without exertion. His past medical history includes hypertension and hyperlipidemia. On physical exam, there are diffuse rails on bilateral lung fields and decreased breath sounds in the bases. Chest radiograph demonstrates centrally distributed pulmonary infiltrates bilateral pleural effusions, and blurred pericardiac borders. He is admitted for further management. This is a case of hantavirus pulmonary syndrome. Let's continue with an introduction to hantavirus. As a reminder, hantavirus is classified as an enveloped, segmented, circular, negative sense RNA zoonotic virus with a helical capsid. It is considered a bunya virus it is transmitted via inhalation of aerosolized rodent excretions or saliva. Clinical syndromes it causes include Hantavirus pulmonary syndrome, as well as hemorrhagic fever with renal failure syndrome. In terms of the epidemiology, this mostly occurs in South America and the southwestern U.S. Risk factors include residence or travel in rural areas and exposure to rodents. In terms of the pathogenesis, the virus causes inflammation increased vascular permeability, and endothelial damage resulting in massive capillary leak syndrome. In terms of the prognosis, Hanta virus pulmonary syndrome has a mortality rate between 30 and 40%, whereas hemorrhagic fever with renal failure syndrome has a mortality rate between 3 and 15%. In terms of the presentation, Hanta virus pulmonary syndrome may present with an initial flu-like prodrome that lasts 3 to 6 days. This can include fevers and chills, Fatigue, malaise, and myalgias, nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. And there will be a subsequent pulmonary edema and shock. This can present with a non productive cough, tachypnea, hypoxia, and diffuse rails due to pulmonary edema. HFRS may present with fever, with headaches, chills, blurred vision, and myalgias, as well as hemorrhage, which may present with petechiae in the axilla or soft palate, and subconjunctival hemorrhage. And there may be renal insufficiency which will present with oliguria followed by diuresis phase. In terms of further imaging, chest radiography is indicated in all patients with HPS. Findings may include a pleural effusion, central pulmonary infiltrates, pericardiac haziness such as a shaggy or fuzzy heart sign. This is characteristic of HPS, but there will be no cardiomegaly. In terms of further studies, labs may include detection of viral RNA via reverse transcriptase PCR. There is detection of hantavirus-specific immunoglobulin M and G with the at testing. HPS may demonstrate elevated creatine kinase and decreased serum albumin levels. HFRS will demonstrate increased BUN and creatinine, decreased C3, hematuria, and proteinuria. And when making the diagnosis, remember that this is based on clinical presentation and laboratory studies. And remember that patients with acute-onset respiratory distress and decreased albumin Should prompt suspicion of HPS. With regards to the differential, make sure to think about cardiac pulmonary edema, with distinguishing factors being that these patients typically have notable cardiac findings, including an S3 gallop and cardiomegaly. Also, think about acute respiratory distress syndrome, with distinguishing factors being that chest radiographs will usually show peripheral infiltrates and less likely to have pleural effusions. In terms of treatment, the mainstay of treatment is supportive care. This is indicated in all patients, and specific modalities include intravenous hydration and hemodynamic and respiratory support. And finally, complications related to Hanta include acute tubular necrosis. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to Hanta let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 41-year-old man presents to a New Mexico emergency department with a 12-hour history of shortness of breath and a non-productive cough. He says that last week he experienced fevers, chills, fatigue, and myalgias, but assumed that he simply had a cold. The symptoms went away after three days, and he felt fine for several days afterward until he started experiencing shortness of breath even at rest. He works as an exterminator and recently had a job in a rodent-infested home physical exam reveals a thin tachypnic man with diffuse rails bilaterally. The most likely cause of this patient's symptoms is associated with which of the following? And the answer choices are choice one, binding to sialic acid residues in human cells. Choice two, cerebral spinal fluid pleocytosis. Choice three, decrease serum albumin level. Choice four, safety pin-shaped organisms on peripheral blood smear. Or choice five, widened mediastinum on chest radiograph. The best answer to this question is choice three, decreased serum albumin level. This patient who was exposed to rodents and is experiencing shortness of breath at rest with bilateral rails after an infectious prodrome most likely has hantavirus, which would present with a decreased serum albumin level. virus is an enveloped, segmented, circular, negative-sense single-stranded RNA virus in the bunya virus family. Classically, it is transmitted through inhalation of aerosolized rodent excretions in the southwestern United States as well as in South America. The virus can either cause a pulmonary syndrome or a renal syndrome. The pulmonary syndrome begins with an infectious prodrome including fever, chills, malaise, myalgias, and nausea. About a week later, patients begin to present with pulmonary edema, with nonproductive cough, hypoxia, and diffuse rails. Notably, labs will reveal increased creatine kinase and decreased serum albumin. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Binding to sialic acid residues in human cells is associated with both influenza and parainfluenza species. However, these diseases are not associated with rodents and would not have shortness of breath and diffuse rails a week after initial symptoms develop. Choice 2. Cerebral spinal fluid pleocytosis would be seen with infection by viruses. However, these viruses cause hepatitis and encephalitis rather than pulmonary syndromes. Choice 4. Safety pin-shaped organisms on peripheral blood smear are associated with Yersinia pestis infection. However, this organism would present with hemoptysis and chest pain and usually does not have a prodrome. Choice 5. widened mediastinum on chest radiograph is associated with bacillus anthracis infection. However, this organism would present with nausea, vomiting, and hemoptysis, in addition to nonproductive cough. Finally, a bullet summary. Hanta pulmonary syndrome will present with increased creatine kinase and decreased serum albumin. That's all for this review about Hanta We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, We'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here, on the MedBullet Step 1 Podcast.